back to Blammo. My guest this week is Drake's creative director, Michael Hill. Drake's is an iconic British haberdasher, known around the world for their handmade ties and scarves. Michael and I discuss following in the footsteps of his father and how he and his team are growing Drake's from a neckwear company to the new standard of casual sportswear. Let's get to it. I'm very, very blessed to be sitting next to Michael Hill, uh, who's the creative director and I would say co-founder of Drake's. Co-owner, I suppose. I was a, I was a, but it's a in little, your blood. I suppose so. But um, yeah, the company, <laughs> I suppose, came around actually when I was born. So, so there you go. So uh, yeah, that's the only reason I know we're about to celebrate our 40th anniversary is because I will also be 40. So... Yeah, didn't 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 find, found it, but uh, I suppose my old man had something to do with it. So lots of nepotism and uh, <laughs> lots of unfair advantage. Right, and we'll we'll get in a little bit to you know the Hill and Drake and the history of it. Um, not too crazy, but yeah, I mean you'd almost kind of started us off that you know it was founded by your father, right? And I think the original company name was Hill and Drake, or yeah. was it? Well, certainly the tie making side of it was right. So Michael started with with a the scarves and the shawls and the and the handkerchiefs and then a few few years later decided he wanted to start making ties and he he knew knew dad and uh dad was um yeah i, mean, I suppose he wasn't the only tie maker in london but michael drake sort of talked about him as the only tie maker in london and he was the one that that, uh, that michael wanted to work with so approached uh approached my father and, and they started started making ties together and so that side of the business was a hill and drake side of the business ah okay because yeah. and your dad was not a sort of a designer like you are as much you said time maker was he or was no, it, i'm I suppose, just trying to I, I guess i think of i say time maker because the company was time making but right. actually I, I would i would say that we're probably very similar in that respect as far as maybe the you know strengths we bring to the table so no he was not making ties he a bit like me i you know go on the coattails of all the talented people in the factory who are making the ties and we're just the ones you know doing the fun bit and then getting out on the road and selling it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard many allure and stories of your father and his business partner at the time who were like going on the road and selling stuff. And I think, Mm. you know, uh, it's tough because you're someone I could talk to for like four or five hours and I have, and I'm happy to, (laughs) to say that, but like this, you are such a great example of a business that not only was was family built and family run but it's you know even though you're british it was like the the sort of great american dream quote of something that was started for more or less nothing and worked and sold and it it wasn't like you know one day you woke up and you were sold at bergdorf goodman it all of this stuff happened through hard work and effort you bet um and so what was some of that like in terms of growing up in kind of the fashion world, yeah. no, I, I, of the gentleman fashion world. Totally, exactly. I mean, I never thought about it as fashion. That's for that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I know that there's a there's a connection there, obviously, and that's an interesting connection to have to that world. But yeah, I suppose it was more. I don't know. I suppose I used to think about it more as 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 menswear, um, albeit hopefully exciting. Yeah, fresh, menswear, fresh menswear. Um, but um, no, I kind of I found that all very very inspiring. I mean, you know, Dad was away a lot. Um, 
But um, you know, I knew that if he if he stayed in in London and tried to build his business off the back of you know accounts on German Street and Savile Row, he could he could he he would only be able to get so so far, I suppose. Yeah. And um, no, so I was uh, I was kind of you know in awe of of the trips he used to make around the world, particularly I suppose to Japan, to New York, um, and all all over Europe, selling. Um, and it, it kind of I guess built up a bit of a um, you know, a mystique in my mind as to to what that world would be, right? And and I suppose from my point of view, I I felt like it was something that um that I would enjoy, and that uh you know I didn't go into it for the for the sake of it because I because I had to, although although I think it probably was maybe you know the only thing that I that I could do, but I also wanted to do it. I also kind of had a bit of a a bit of a you know feeling for it. I hope, but I. I suppose I, I was in the factory a lot as a boy and I, and I saw everything going on in the factory and I loved being in that environment. I, right. I was kind of, I was stimulated by it and I, and I kind of, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, really, really fascinated by that whole world, I suppose. Well, and one of the things that's maybe common now is younger kids aren't that wild about what their parents are doing. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not that you are, you know, the Drake or in the Michael Hill and Drake Law Agency. And, but like, when, I guess, what age were you when you were like, hey, I think what my dad's doing is cool? Oh, probably worryingly young. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, so. I, I was, bizarrely. I don't know if my brother felt this way. I don't think he did necessarily, but, and I, and I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't think it was cool. I don't, I mean, I thought my dad was cool, but right. I, didn't, I didn't think necessarily the world he was in was, I was fascinated by it and I loved it, but I didn't necessarily think it was cool. I thought it was, um, um, I thought it was something that I, not that I got, but I thought that it was something that I would get, that I, that I would be able to, um, But you respected it. Very much so. Hugely. Um, no, it, it, um, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, I both, I both looked at it as an outsider and, and I suppose was fortunate enough to be to be inside it and therefore as we know so many of the things in our in our world in our part of the business move quite slowly there's there's lots of change that's happened over the years but lots of things that have happened slowly and i think that's because um you know it it takes time to build relationships Mm -hmm. it takes time to be trusted by um by by someone who's selling something to you and i think i think that's a positive thing right um but um I can't remember where I was going with that, actually. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> we were just talking about, like, liking your dad in terms of, you know, I mean, because I know, you, so did you grow up in London? Just outside. Yeah, right. not, not far from, okay. uh, not far from, from, I suppose we were about an hour outside London, and dad used to get up at five o'clock every morning and, you know, drive into the factory. Oh, man. Get home very late. Right. <laughs> um, and so I guess what age were you at when you kind of, decided that you wanted to go into family biz i was probably oh god almost if it felt like almost all the way through my childhood that was something that i wanted to do mm-hmm. and yet strangely um i didn't know that the opportunity wouldn't be there for me to go into the into the family business because ultimately it, it wasn't there right. um so i kind of came into it um you know, an, another way. I came into it through Michael Drake, who I guess remembered me as a boy in the factory and thought that I might have a connection to that business, to that to that product. 
Um, but but my father ultimately retired when I was still at school, and therefore school as in university. As in, no, before that, okay. I was I was maybe uh, a teenager when right. when my father retired. You know, quite young, I suppose. Um, but at that stage, I, I guess I saw my friends kind of applying for what I used to sort of call normal universities and proper jobs, and I and I and I thought, well, a I'm probably not clever enough, and b it it just didn't really feel like my thing. So, uh, so now I kind of, I, I, I thought I'll, um, you know, I'll try and, I'll try and pursue, you know, um, the, the, not the path that my father laid out, but, but I, at least I thought I, I'd like to go into that world. And I, and I saw at least, uh, and I wasn't sure I was right, of course, and, and maybe I'm not right, but I felt like I saw an opportunity there because I, and, and, and this is why maybe I say, you know, it was... The, was the, little... You're oozing British humbleness right now. No. <laughs> it's, oh it's also okay to be like, yeah, I had this killer neck no. <laughs> for putting things together. <laughs> no, I, it, it was more the fact that I saw him and, and Michael um, doing brilliant things, um, making beautiful things uh, from their factory uh, for predominantly four other brands, uh, being, oh. a, being a manufacturer, being a wholesaler. And I remember, for example, it's, it's, it hits me being in New York now. I remember I'd speak to my father and he'd say, and I, you, know, you know, do you have a good day today, Dad? Something like that. He said, oh, you know, no, it was great. I had a, had a fantastic day with Fred Pressman at Barney's and, and, he, and he really liked what he saw and he, and he placed a great order. And, um, and I said, oh, I, I might have said something like, oh, Dad, you know, that's amazing. You're going to be famous, something like that. And of course, Dad would turn around and go, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> and, and he'd say, you know, something just like... just so untied, and, man. <laughs> well, exactly. He'd say, I'm not doing it for that, you know. And I'd say, what do you mean? And he would say, well, it doesn't even have my label on it. He said, I do it for Barney's. I put the Barney's label. I said, why would you do that? I said, I, I can see what you've put into this collection. Why would, you, right. why would you sell it as something else? And he would say, well, because that's what I do. That's my business. He said, I'm not interested in having my name on it. You know, I do all these collections for all these different people and I love what I do and it works for them. It works for me. And it's not a question of building a brand. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, the only, the only thing that, that we've ever tried to do. Of course not, because maybe that's just a, a byproduct of other things. But I did think, God, I mean, I, 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 I used to kind of look at their work and almost the main driver, I suppose, when... Um, when I finally had the opportunity in, in getting together with, with Mark was that I, I could almost sort of celebrate their work. We say, mm-hmm. look, this is, this, this is where this comes from. It comes from these amazing, these amazing men in, in, you know, the, 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 in, in, in my case, from, from my father, from Michael Drake. And, and we, can, um, you know, we can show a few more people around the world what it, what it, what it is, where it comes from. Of course, it's coming from a, from a new and different place coming from us. But, but essentially, it's still, I hope, you know, coming from that thread. Right. Which comes from all that time, I suppose, that I spent in the factory as a, as a boy, you know, trying to, you know, suck it up and being, being kind of in and around that environment. And, um, yeah, so, so that's all it was on, on my side, just kind of um, adding something on to, to what they were doing. Right. I mean, well, I definitely think that it does show in terms of, you know, what Drake's has done in respect to the heritage of what Drake's was. Um, I mean, I've gotten to look through a lot of your archival stuff and you know quite a bit of that stuff is gets used and it's not like oh the, here's the archive let's just respect it and walk away and make mm. something else it's it's stuff that's still great that is used yeah, and know? i hope that's okay i, I it's, don't, I, it's I, very good i mean i think <laughs> i think of course you want to be fresh and you want to be relevant and it's important that we that we live in the world we're living in today and 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 
I don't think we just I don't think we want to walk around looking like old men. Of course, we're inspired by them, but we want to look, you know, we want to look uh, individual. Yeah, I think so. With our with our own style, and yeah. um, and and I think that you know, our, going back to something I touched on before about our, our customer wants to, um, I think, be able to relate to where something has come from, mm-hmm. and. And I don't think they necessarily want to walk in and find something totally different each season to to what they were looking at last season. I think I think it's good that there's a continuity there, and yeah, because I think you know we are talking about guys who, yeah, who who may love fashion, but but also you know they just they just want to wear great clothes, mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're building a wardrobe too. That's it, exactly. That's that's going to last a long time, and so and and you know people love you know what. Um, what drake's was before and so um i think uh, i think they want to see a bit of that in who we are and what we do today and i think it's so it's it it is it's it's taking that and and making it it right for today so something one of the things you said i want to jump back to you had mentioned um you know working with mark who we know is is mark cho um who's you know one of the co-founders of the armory and also um you guys partnered up together to um, sort of relaunch Drake's. Uh, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. I, I just want to, yeah. you know, and so I guess from my perspective, I knew about Drake's. Uh, this is maybe the early or maybe the mid 2000s, mm-hmm. 2003, four, five, that I was like, oh, this is cool. They have these, you know, these cool stripes and it's like Brooks Brothers, but it's like, it's got <laughs> a little twist on it. Like, so very naive, you know, 18, 19 year old Jeremy at the time. And I got into the whole style blog and style world. And I remember reading about how this sort of uniting uh, happened. I mean, can you, can you explain a sure. bit about it? Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, not wishing to sound trite at all, but I mean, the, the first thing that, the, that I kind of say with regard to that is, is well, the, the, the first thing that I feel with regard to that is just, you know, in a sense, I, I just got lucky. You know, I, I sure I I tried for whatever you know three or four years to find a way to take the business on. I'd failed; it wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I'd I'd registered to to start my own business. I'd I'd got to that stage, and at, right. And and I remember talking to to Mark in London. He was um he he was telling me he was in the process of opening the armory in Hong Kong and he wanted someone to, to make accessories for him. And, uh, he asked, he asked us. And, um, so we started doing that. And, um, and I suppose that led to a conversation ultimately, uh, about, um, about the future of Drake's and, and yeah, where, maybe where like? I stood within that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I said, well, you know, I, I, this was, you know, my thought, my plan for the business, but it, you know, one reason or another, it hasn't worked out. Um, although there still appears to be will on both sides. Um, and that goes back to, I suppose when I first joined Michael, he was, I was conscious that he was closer to his sixties than his fifties. And, and, uh, you know, he'd often speak openly about wanting to, to step back and, um, and, and, uh, changing the guard. Exactly. So, so I always, you know, I knew it was a possibility and, uh, and so, you know, talking, talking to Mark, he, he ultimately said, well, you know, do you want to give it another go? Should we have a look at it? And, uh, so at that point it all, it all happened quite quickly. So no, I just, I think, um, you know, I feel, I feel very grateful to have had the opportunity to take it on. And also I think I'm 
I'm fortunate that Mark uh, thought, thought my idea was okay. Not that it was a very complicated idea and we had the same idea anyway in terms of uh, you know, building a, a retail business and, a, and a, I suppose a, a brand, for want of a better way of putting it, onto yeah. our traditional manufacturing and wholesale business and, and all the interesting things that we could do that went along with that and how we could hopefully start that in London and then go elsewhere with that. Um, so we, we shared that thought. We, we both um, you know, wanted to, to invest in, in manufacturing at home. We felt that uh, that was the, the, the best. At home in, in London. Yeah, I think uh, you know, one, of the, one of the things that everyone expected probably was that you know, we'd try and grow the margin and, yeah. and uh, you know, move production. Make, make, exactly. But um, no, we were both on the same page in terms of actually you know, investing deeper in the product and, and deeper into manufacturing. So we um, opened a, a new factory on, on Haberdasher Street, not, not, not far from our old factory. You know, we were very keen to keep all the, all the great people that, yeah. that were working for us. And, and then I suppose we went deeper still into manufacturing you know, with our own shirt factory down in Somerset. So, you know, I think, uh, of course, it's, you know, it's been, it's been tough, you know, trying to grow a business, but it's been, it's been great fun. It's been very rewarding, you know, and, and, and we've been on the same page. So, um, you know, th- thank God for Mark believing in the whole thing. Right. And I think that's one of the things that I, I get the most excited about in terms of talking about Drake's and, and, you know, finding some way to like hang out with you to be associated with Drake's is, uh, is, you know, when every other brand was kind of doing the opposite to grow and to to divest, like, oh, you know what, it'd be cheaper, let's move all the production here. We can, you know, we can have maybe four or five guys in London design some great stuff. Um, that didn't happen. Mm. And in fact, you know, and maybe similar to how your father was running the business, you probably could have continued to have a nice, steady you know, job and, and income by continuing to make ties for other people. But instead, you guys completely pivoted and decided to build a brand and also to build it at a time in which maybe not a lot of people were mm. advising on that. But I suppose that felt like an opportunity because other people weren't doing it. Right. That felt like an opportunity. It felt like the right thing to do. The climate felt right. Yeah. If other people weren't doing it, then it, we had to be right. It sort of... it. it well, and that, I think that's the thing that, that I got the most excited about as being a young consumer is seeing, you know, there was a lot of people who were saying, you know, buy less, buy better. And that, that, that whole sort of mantra of like the post-recession. Mm. Um, but you guys actually did it. Yeah. And I think, I think we had to really. We could have done it the other way, but would it have been for the long term? Yeah. So I think, you know, if we were going to do it for the long term, and, and that, that as well is, I suppose, um, maybe quite unusual in our business. Um, lots of things are done for the short term, but, mm-hmm. th- but does that really work? Ah, you know, I, I think I, I was, <laughs> maybe if I you're was, owned by a hedge fund, that's maybe it. it really works. Yeah. For a I, return, I, I was, that's it. I was, you know, genuinely looking 20 years ahead. Right. Probably, you know, you know, very stupid in, in, in many respects, but that's the way I saw it. I thought that was the best thing for the business. I thought that was the best thing for the customers. And also, you know, if we didn't do it the way that we've done it, then I, I'm not sure how meaningful it would have been. And I'm, I'm certainly not trying to say that we, you know, we're trying to save the world by any means. We're making a, a, a very small contribution, clearly. But we believe in what we're doing. We've got great people. It feels like there's, there's a great long-term opportunity there. And, and I think the fact that we are making something in England 
and we really care about what we do. And that goes through to our other products that we don't all make in England, but we make in Italy with other great factories. And I think the fact that we're very committed to that and we, we really believe, or most, more importantly, hopefully our customer believes that we and can see that we're trying to put out a great product each season, you're making a very small contribution to the world. And so, and, and surely we would want to do that. That just right. makes sense. I don't want to... I, it, I don't think we don't want to make a bit more money. We'd rather make something a bit better. It's it's surely that's better for the world. Yeah. No, I mean that's a that's a great uh, explanation. And I think you know, uh hearing that it's it gives me and and hopefully other people like listening to this and, and other consumers hope that there yeah, there are brands out there that that truly care. And it's not like about like some of these fake <laughs> I shouldn't say fake, but some of these like hedge fund brands that are started that are kind of trying to be really pseudo transparent and just engaging with millennials, but at the end of the day, not really having any substance or heritage to lean on. Um, And I'm not trying to call any of them out, but they're there. And I think what's exciting about Drake's is like Drake's has all of that and they're continuing to grow. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about um, as we kind of like plot along here is when I was first into Drake's, and learning about it, it was just ties. And then shirts slowly came in. And now, at least in the United States, and we'll talk about this too, as you guys have gotten more into retail, Drake's is a brand. And you can, I mean, yes, it's a brand, but like it's a full clothing brand yeah. and that you can wear head to toe Drake's. Mm. Um, and I think it, like meeting you and seeing other people who are a part of Drake's, like Mark, and and it makes sense because like I'm looking at you now and like, you know, how you put stuff together and, and the, the corduroys and the Shetland sweater. And it's like, it's, it's so good that you want to be able to buy it somewhere else. <laughs> right. That's nice. So when did, when did it happen when you're like, let's move past ties and let's get yeah. into other stuff? Well, I suppose, um, the, um, I, the big factor in all of that was, was opening, opening our own store. And, 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 and I suppose doing that without Michael Drake, it was, it mm-hmm. was, I think that, um, and I know I've said this a few times that, um, but with regard to Michael Drake, the fact that it was never about the tie, it was always about, you know, his, his, his look, his sensibility. Mm-hmm. And, and so I suppose, you know, how would people see that, uh, in a, in a store if they were only looking at our ties? Um, in, in a sense, I had to manifest Michael Drake and his, and his sensibility. And, and, uh, and I think, um, you know, we, we weren't, we weren't adding those products because um, to, to to do sort of you know brand extensions because we thought we could sell them. We thought that um, you know, we didn't necessarily see the things out there that we wanted to do. We were opening just off Savile Row, which was a, 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 at the time not obviously going back that far, but it was uh, a place selling a you know a pretty structured jacket, for example. Well, yeah. Michael had always worn a, a you know a very you know soft shouldered. You know, soft shoulder jacket, whether Which it was is what you're wearing now. Yeah. So. And, and, and so, you know, we, we felt we'd be offering something fresh that mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily out there that, that we could make a contribution on. Um, so that was really when, when that all came about, we've, we've gone into all of those things very slowly and very carefully. I mean, we haven't, you know, I think, you know, in our first season we might've had four jackets and, uh, you know, we certainly didn't buy very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was as much as anything to sort of show the context of the tie in a sense, but to do it with beautiful products and and with the same, you know, put the same investment into those things that we put into the tie. Um, so, so at that point, there was no reason why they would be, 
you know, any, any, uh, you know, inferior to the ties in any way, they'd be just as beautiful was the way, the way that we looked at it. Um, so, you know, we, we, we found that our, our customers slowly, slowly were, um, you know, were relating to those products and, and wanted to invest in them as well. So, um, it was just something that, that came about very organically. And I suppose every season we've added something else and, and, and that I must say it's, it's been a very organic process. It's, it's, it probably should have been a bit more scientific where we sort of had this grand plan as to how we were going to evolve and try to get into every product under the sun, but it really hasn't been like that. It's, it's, um, you know, even, even, you know, launching, you know, trousers or pants this season, um, you know, that, that was really just a case of, of, you know, thinking about it whenever it was in, in January, you know, 2015, we thought, well, this feels like the right time. I think we've, we're fairly close to our business and, and fairly instinctive with our business. So it's just been, you know, doing it when it's felt right. And then maybe we showed them to a few friends, you know, like yourself who, who, who get it. And if, I think if they're telling us, you know, the, the same sort of thing that, that uh, they like it as much as we do, maybe we think we're onto something yeah. at that point. And I think, you know, like being able to complete the look is, is important, at least coming from the perspective of someone who's shopped a lot in New York retail or just retail in the United States. Mm. You know, I think if it, if you guys would have say you just stuck with ties, It'd be great. I'm sure it'd be, you know, yeah. continue to be successful with all the designs that you have. But seeing you and seeing other employees of Drake's and how you guys wear it, um, that's like, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to look like. <laughs> that's nice. And so being able to now offer and sell that is is such, you know, it's such a great advantage. It, it, it really is. I'm also conscious that we've got to be really careful with that because, of course, at the same time, there are lots of people who say, well, you know, you've got to specialize, you know, you've really, you've got to do one thing, you've got to do it brilliantly. And that's all very relevant in, in you know, today. We know that. Of course it is. Right. And we respect that immensely. But I really don't think that we've taken anything out of, of you know, our core products. No. I think if you look at how we've you know, invested in shirts by having, you know, 25 people in our own factory, you know, if, if you look at what we've done at Haberdasher Street with the, with the tie factory, it's not that we weren't in an amazing tie factory before, but, you know, we've made better, longer, uh, more, more well-lit tables um, for our slippers to work out than we had before. So we've, we've slippers, the time manufacturer. Exactly. So, so, so far from neglecting that and trying to go into other things, we've, I think we've, we've only sort of demonstrated, hopefully, you know, total respect for, for those core products. Um, and, and if anything, I think if we're doing all our products, well, it, it, it informs uh, each, each product informs the other and, and helps us to put together something all the more cohesive, I hope. And, and also within the categories that we're going into, again, I, I don't think we're doing everything within those categories. I think we're, we're doing a few things the right way. Yeah. So I mean, you're making the right offerings in those categories. Hopefully, exactly. And I think that's, that's kind of fun in terms of uh, what you guys are offering is that right now and maybe in the past few years, um, so in, say, the, the early aughts or mid-2000s when like hashtag menswear was really cool. Everything was about the suit and was about this cool Italian sort of playboy style. And Drake's fit in with that. And I think Drake's was able to benefit in some of the ways of, of suits being cool. And now, you know, and this is like from the, the WWD sort of fashion world, people are saying that suits aren't really cool. But the good part mm-hmm. of Drake's 
And, you know, other people, not that you're Paul Smith, but Paul Smith had a really good response to this. Mm. And he's like, that's bullshit. He's like, suits are never going away because people are always going to need them. And I think what you guys do is like, you guys don't sell business suits. Suits, like what you were saying, like Savile Row, strong shoulders. You guys, and I think this is to, to talk about your earlier comment about being specialized and stuff. You guys have been able to turn yourself into a like fun, casual lifestyle brand. Yeah. And so that, that, and if you're able to do that in a lot of ways, you're not really, the trends don't bother anymore. There's no, you don't have to worry about this wave of, oh, you know what? Maybe this isn't cool as much anymore. You know, maybe now Parisian runways, you know, like today were a bunch of hoodies and oversized stuff and that's fine. But you know what? At the end of the day, I want to look confident and as an adult and, you know, which is what I'm wearing. I'm wearing, you know, soft shoulder jacket, you know tailored trousers and you look great <laughs> well thank you but it's the way you do it well and, that's, and, and it's feeling comfortable and yeah. feeling natural and i know? think that's that's where drake's comes in that they weren't able to do before and i guess maybe that's maybe now i'm able to say it in the in the right tone is that if it was a tie which is which was great mm. i would have that but i i am not educated enough to see how to put it together. I can flip through old issues of free and easy rest in peace and whatever else. But like, I can't see that. Mm. And if, if I'm not able to, to see it, I end up having to go to J crew in which I don't know if they're firing on all cylinders right now. And so now that Drake's exists, I can get into that. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's so nice to hear that. I mean, I think, um, you know, the funny thing is, of course, you know, we, we see, you just mentioned J crew and we see what they're doing, but we almost sort of probably should be looking at what everyone else is doing, but we don't really go and look at what everyone else is doing. I mean, you know, we love, we love, you know, products and we love, you know, great clothes. So we're all, we're interested, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm speaking for, I, I think, you know, you and I here, but, um, but it's not like we go out there and say this brand's doing that and that brand's doing that and therefore we can find our niche here. No, we just think this is what we want to wear and so this is what we're going to put together and this feels right for today. And and you know, I sh- we think a few might a few of our customers, you know, might might think the same. Yeah, and for hopefully, sure. ultimately, they, they do. But but j- j- just to um, cut me off when this gets boring. But <laughs> but but just to go back on on the suits thing or, or the the tailoring Please. side with regard to Drake's, I think the interesting thing there is that almost sort of before the Drake's uh, side of the business came about, Michael Drake actually started um, as 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 the Belvest agent selling Belvest tailoring all around the world, and ultimately he thought, well, look, you know, I want to. I, I think I can do a few more if I can actually pad out the look and start, you know, doing handkerchiefs and, 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 you know, pocket squares and ties. So, and, and at that point, Drake's came along and, and started to do well. And he, you know, carried on with that part of the business. So it was, it was when we then started going into other products, uh, when we opened the store on Clifford street six years ago, actually we went right back to where we'd started going back to Belvest to make our tailoring because uh, I think I'm allowed to say that. I know we all keep very quiet about our, you know, private, la- private label. I mean, Belvis also makes for Hermes. It's, they're pretty respected not, company. Not shabby, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, great friends of ours and, and um, you know, an, an amazing factory. Yeah. And so it didn't come out of nowhere. It actually, you know, the, the, we were doing tailoring before we were doing, before we were doing ties. 
So, you know, it was, I know to the customer, sometimes it can. Interesting. It, yeah, this it, is it, news it, to me. It, it can sort of feel like it's come out of thin air, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know, it didn't come out of nowhere. And, and, you know, at the time Drake's was doing, or was the agent for Belvis because, yeah, because Belvis were doing something that was, you know, a little, um, you know, it was beautiful tailoring, but. You know, I suppose you know Drake's was styling it in a way that was that was that was fresh and it was different and that wasn't really out there in the market. And and we've only tried to do the same thing with all the things that we've done, right? Whether it be the ties or other products. So I kind of want to pause on that. And you just said styling it with. So where I think one of the things that I've been drawn to Drake's is that styling I haven't seen really anywhere um, because there's a little bit of color, but it's not like. Mm gaudy too much color it's not like uh i don't know i won't rip on anything it's not like some <laughs> crazy like jacques demi sort of thing but it's no. very good and easy like where yeah. does the inspiration <laughs> and and cohesiveness come in because yeah. i've tried to do that before you know where i'll get some pink sweater but then i look like the guy wearing a pink sweater i doubt it i think you do what versus <laughs> think versus taking color and mixing it into my wardrobe <laughs> yeah no i think um do you know, it, it, I would say it came out of the markets that we've always worked in. So although the British look can be quite brash in terms of color, and that can be done brilliantly, there's no doubt about it. But I think because we were you know, manufacturing and wholesaling to uh, companies and brands uh, you know, in, in France, in Italy, in Spain, particularly in Japan, over here on, on the east coast of America, we we were exposed to some really great customers who themselves mm. had really great customers and and i suppose maybe we can all see now through the internet that, that there's something of a common thread through um the way uh that that even you know different different markets different nationalities different cultures put it together they all do it in their own way but but arguably there is a bit of a common thread in in terms of in terms of style mm-hmm. and but but arguably that was always there to an extent, and we were always exposed to that. So mm. so so given that, we never really we didn't want to do it in an English English way. So uh, the you know, kind we, of sort of stuffy that, dandy. That's it. So yeah. we, we loved we loved you know how the product was made and 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 where it came from. So we loved you know hand printing ancient matter in England. We, we absolutely revered that and continue to. Mm-hmm. But. You know, we might be working with a customer in Milan, and we thought, well, actually, they want to they want to wear that in a way that's that's uh, where whereby maybe they they're, they're not so noticed, mm-hmm. um, but they can still wear it in a way that's very you know that's that's a little more little more comfortable somehow, a little arguably more more casual even, right? And and so that's that's where that came from, just seeing all of that, and and that that kind of that seemed right to us. So I know we, we always sort of used to describe our thing as being, well, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's English provenance, but, but sort of seen and through the eyes of, of the Italians and, and the, and the French. And, and it, uh, and it, and it was that amalgamation that, that became Drake's. Now we think of that, if this makes any sense, now we think of that as Drake's. Um, well, it's, it's a good example of kind of how people are, uh, consuming content now, right? I mean, it's fast, it's immediate, and it's from everywhere. Mm. It's very rare is it local. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, True. I mean, actually, locally is becoming a luxury of like, exactly. oh, you know, like local food, local. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's good that you guys were able to at least you know capitalize on that now and also not make it look obvious. I mean, yeah. this it's it's great. No, totally. And I, and I think you know for for us, you know, it was about color and how to balance color but it was also you know having a little bit of fun with it as well not not always taking it too seriously mm-hmm. um you know i think um you know and and uh, i don't know hopefully not not taking ourselves too seriously as well yeah so <laughs> i mean what are are there any like key people that you know that you look to for inspiration in terms of you don't have to single people out sure. by name. It doesn't. No, there honestly... definitely are. But it's. I wonder if it's more. And I, of course, I still see people who look great. Of course, I do. Right. Um, I'm having dinner with a with a great customer this evening, Sid Mashburn, and and you know how how could you not think that um, Sid looks amazing? He's a, he's a wonderful guy, and he's a you know, and he's a tasty guy as well yeah so you know that for sure that springs to mind and then you know there's a handful of others of course like that but in in a sense i don't know if this is the same for you jeremy but for me um you often see a a few of those characters growing up and then maybe getting into the business Mm -hmm. when i was i I suppose still a, a, a teenager 18 19 and sort of through my early 20s that period of really having my eyes opened um to to that world i suppose that 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 you know showed some some really really special characters to me and and i yeah i definitely still use those references there's no doubt about it um yeah i can think of um a couple of a couple of gentlemen in in uh, in in tokyo who we've worked with for a long time um our partners historically on on the Thai side of the business was was always Fairfax. So, Mr. K and and Mr. Kasai, um, great people and and great great stylists. I'd never seen anything like those guys. Yeah, know? I and, mean, and I think the Japanese are definitely known for totally. being very outside of the you box. Bet. And and they really did it their own way. They mm-hmm. kind of they had a bit of England, they had a bit of Italy, they had yeah they had a bit of the Ivy League thing going on, and they they did it in their own way, and they did it in a fun way. And they loved it. They enjoyed it. And they weren't too anal about it, you know, <laughs> yeah. which I think is nice. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think, you know, when I, I look at those guys back then, and I'm sure still now, you know, they love clothes, but uh, I think they, they know that they're only clothes as well. Yeah. You know, as much as we all love them. And, and so, you know, they weren't, <laughs> at least if, if they were studying them, it was kind of, you know, some sort of... <laughs> Uh, natural study rather than right you know and altogether too i don't know what the word is um i don't want to say geeky because it's there's nothing wrong with that but it's sort of you know these guys were just naturally brilliant right um you know and i was i went to work at the uh the silk mills in in como again when i was when i was 19 and uh god i remember you know i, I worked for um you know a chap who's still a giant in the business uh, luigi Tocconi, and you know, Luigi, Luigi had his own, has his own style. He looks, looks incredible. And you don't really see him in, in the blogs or anything like that. Cause he doesn't sort of tend to get involved in that world, but, um, yeah, great style. Um, Otto Mantero and another, another great man who, who I was fortunate enough to, um, to, to work with. Um, he was, he was incredibly generous with me and he, he really had his own style, which was, it was kind of, I don't think Otto will mind me saying this, but it, 
Otto Stahl was sort of old man in one way. He used to wear all his old, his, his dad's old tweed jackets, but it was sort of, he did it in his own way. And he, he, he never seemed old to me. He just, right. he just seemed like great fun and a great character and a total individual. Um, so those, those guys really spring to mind for me. I mean, I suppose, you know, my dad would be an obvious one and, and Michael Drake for sure. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. Um, but, um, no, in a funny, in a funny way, I don't know if this is a strange thing, but they're, they're sort of still the guys I, I sort of look to. I mean, I, I kind of hope I, you know, I don't, you know, sort of spend my time, you know, studying what they wear. I just, you know, but I think they look great. And I think yeah. somehow it's gone into what, you know, to what we do at Drake's and, and, um, yeah. And they, and they, you know, hopefully seem to seem to like what we do. And, and, uh, there was something else I was going to, going to, going to say in all that, that you made me think of, which may, maybe will come to me later, but, um, well, I think that when you were talking about like how people were looking at clothes and dressing themselves, I think I've always felt like there's a little bit like two different types of there's at least in America, right? You have the guys who just don't care. Like I'm getting dressed because I can't go out naked, mm. you know, like. Uh, I'll, I'll just put this on. And then you have some people who, because I've been this person, you mm. care too much. You care so much that you actually buy clothes and you put it in your closet and you keep it there because that's the only way to keep it safe. Yeah. And like, I've been that guy in which I've got <laughs> some, I was like, no, no, don't open the closet. We need to keep it safe. I've you got know? a pair of boots. I still haven't worn and I must've had them for a year. Yeah. And too so nice to wear. it's, it's tough to, to find clothing that also makes you um yeah you want to wear it but it's 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 easier to wear and there's not it, it's not stuffy you just put it on and mm. if it's going to get you know a little bit of a wrinkle in it or anything like that it's fine you take it off and you, totally. you move on with your life totally and but still enjoying yourself yeah and exactly. i think you know because you'd mentioned sid mashburn sid mashburn is excellent at that and the you, you know in the u.s and i think drake's is definitely doing that in terms of you know what's happening in britain and europe and yeah and now that you have Retail stores yeah. here. Do you know, it's one of the reasons that I don't want to produce clothes and sell clothes that are too expensive. I mean, you know, my customers are probably laughing at me as I say that. And they're probably thinking, you know, we're way too well, you, expensive. In terms of is, like $5,000, $6,000. Yeah, and maybe I'm, I'm looking at it from too much of, of a personal standpoint. But to me, that, that I would find that. And I'm not criticizing anyone else who would love to wear that, of course. But I would sort of find that too precious to wear and um and that's not to say that 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 something that does cost that you know can't be well value is relative yeah Yeah. and it can still be quite a quite a simple garment on the face of it it can just be absolutely beautifully made and that's why it costs that much and i i totally respect that but i suppose just from on our side um yeah i i want i want guys to to wear drakes i want you know lots of guys to get into it because i think that they'll enjoy it if they do and (laughs) and and so i I want that to be as accessible as it can be and i know it's expensive of course it's expensive but you know i I hope it's good value and i hope it's not crazy expensive we we try to make it you know as inexpensive as we can possibly make it but so that we can still draw a wage (laughs) from what we do for a living and you know i think if we can do that then it's hopefully fair across the board yeah i mean it's not exorbitant i mean it's i don't you know, you're not selling ties at the same price, say, you know, Hermes sells some of their ties mm. with like the massive designer markup. Totally. I mean, there's, there, but you guys are also, you know, you really wear this on your 
sleeve or a bad pun of in terms of representing your the people that are making your clothes. Mm. Um, I mean, you're I don't know if everyone knows this, but the the Drake store is in one of the Drake stores is in the Drake's factory. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, the ties upstairs. Give you me bet. a second, we'll make it. You bet. So you know, some businesses are a little bit shy of that. Like there's a a person that I've met and one of their employees, he actually didn't really want anyone to take pictures of the employees because mm. they didn't really represent the brand the way that he mm. wanted. Versus you guys did an ad campaign, I think, well, not necessarily a campaign, yeah. but you guys did like an ad thing that was all about your employees. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a, it's a, it's a funny one that, um, cause I was talking to a friend last night who, who was, who was showing me, uh, examples of how certain brands ensure that everything they put out is completely consistent in terms of this is how the collar has to be. This is how the, the knot has to be. The cuff has to be how long or short the trouser has to be. And, and that can be great. And I'm sure it's great for the, for those particular brands. Mm-hmm. I guess we like to have a bit more freedom in there, I suppose. So, you know, maybe, maybe we're not necessarily as consistent as we could or should be, but on the other hand, um, you know, I think I think it's nice to have a, a you know a bit of um you know a few rumples around the edges. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And every everyone we've got is bringing their own style to it, and that sh- it should be that way. I don't have the all the answers, and you know I probably don't have most of them. And I'm, you know it's this is my way, and you know Matt's got his way, and Juan's got his way, and Mark's got his way, and whatever it is, and there's there's room for all of it, and it all there that all go. goes into the pot, and that's and that's and that's Drake's, and people can take the bits they like, and you know I. We've never kind of um, we've always seen it as more of a suggestion than a than a force feed, mm-hmm. and maybe every brand would say that. Maybe that's an obvious thing to say, but but it's genuinely the philosophy. We're saying, look, what about this? You know, you don't have to do it this way, but you know, maybe this is a good way. And 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 so we're not trying to be overly dogmatic about it. I think there's got to be some freedom for interpretation, and right. you know, particularly in an age today where it's all about you know, I, I don't know, you know, a lot of guys you know will ask for advice, and they feel like um that there's one definitive answer and that they've got to style it that way and look that way it's yeah. and, and my thought is well you know what do you think and actually i feel like you know if you're going to open your mind to it i think you might teach me something about how i could put it together why not you know sure. it's a, it's 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 you know just stuff that we learn off each other isn't it yeah you know yeah so we got a few minutes left but i the last thing i wanted to touch on is you have a store in New York, which was a very brand new thing, and it started out as a pop up, but it looks like it's it will continue. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, very so pleasingly. What I mean, and this what's <laughs> big relief again. This is exciting <laughs> and interesting. The fact that people are like, oh, you know, big box retail and this stuff. Not that you guys are big box, but people are, you know, really worried about the state of retail and stuff like that. But yeah drake's and from everything that i'm seeing it appears to be flourishing so i mean what i guess what are you doing different that that other retailers are, I wonder, are having trouble i wonder with? i mean and, and i don't i'm not convinced i know the answer to that because we're only doing our thing and i'm not really sure what anyone else is doing because i'm so locked in our world right that i'm not too sure what, what the others are doing um do you I, think it's I, lack of third party I, or all I, private yeah, i I, th- I think uh you know a lot of people are are concentrating on online only mm-hmm. um on the other hand i see uh, you know certain brands you know going to open fast stores i mean i i think there has to be room for both it's mm-hmm. you know some customers like to 
you know, come, come to the store. Some like to um, go to the website. Um, I, I really think there's, there's room for both. And I, and I suppose, you know, I do look at it from my point of view. I would want to go into a shop and get a sense of that world, get a sense of, you know, what, what the Drake's atmosphere is. And the best way to, for us to do that, I think, is in a store. So um, I think that, um, you know, clearly retail probably isn't as, as or, or brick and mortar isn't as, um, you know, as important as it was, but surely it's, uh, <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself here, surely in many respects it is just as important. It's just that online has come along as well and that there is also that avenue. Yeah, um, I mean, people haven't stopped shopping. No. I mean, that's the thing that a lot of these really bad articles they're not they're not mentioning that mm. they're just saying like oh retail is down no maybe the physical aspect of it it's maybe, to be honest it's just people have gotten a little bit lazier and and a lot of retail stores are are adapting to it i mean i was at patagonia the other mm. day in soho and um there was a sign on the back and it was like we'll do rush delivery you know you can actually you can you know buy stuff on the site pick it up in the store or you can you know, go into the store, buy it. And if you don't want to carry it out, they'll, they'll rush deliver it to you. I mean, it's just that, I guess I I shouldn't have said lazy, but it's just, you know, this, this instant gratification. And so people are still shopping, you know, and they really are. And, you know, I think also certain brands can communicate better online than others. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, I think there's a huge challenge involved in selling online brilliantly. I hope it's something we're getting better at. But in a sense, it's more challenging mm-hmm. than doing it in store. Um, not least because a, a customer can, can go in store and can talk to someone. And therefore, that, 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 that communication, if it's done well, mm-hmm. um, can be the most compelling form of communication, that direct word of mouth. Um, and I think that you know, for a brand like, like ourselves, it's probably taken a bit more time to gear up online to 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 you know to tell all the stories that we'd like to tell in the way that we would like to tell them um as i say hope, hopefully that that's that's improving but i think um you know it's it's not that we want to to open lots of stores all over the world I, you know maybe that'll happen it's certainly you know not the plan but i think you know to have um you know a lovely little store in in london and the, the same in new york and we we've, we've got something coming along in in tokyo in april this year and to, to have that to as part of the the whole retail experience i think is really important and 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 if we can do it we should do it because yeah. you know ultimately we see it working and we, and that business is growing as 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 fast as our online business so there there surely is a place for it i mean i've kind of been a little depressed this week walking around new york seeing the amount of sort of empty shops it's incredible <laughs> i've never seen that before yeah. don't you think it's more than ever yeah, it's, I mean, I've seen, I'm used to seeing like restaurants come and go because mm. it's just, you're used to that, right? Restaurants mm. don't last that long, you yeah. know, but seeing, you know, retail stores go away, bookstores, places that to me is where I learned a lot from mm. or, or to where, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And I think, especially as someone who's been a patron of those stores, totally. you know, um, yeah, but because yeah. those stores, you know, like what you were saying with Drake's, they're able to offer the relationship that is to this day, I, unless there's some weird virtual reality, <laughs> it's impossible to do. Totally. You can chat with someone, which is just really boring. And all you want to do is kind of, you know, make jokes anyway, but like, you know, where they can say, Oh, maybe what you really want is this. You bet. You know, 
Um, no, so. I mean, maybe the landlords need to get more realistic. I don't know <laughs> that, that. I mean, that seems to you know be taking a bit of time to filter through. <laughs> yeah, maybe, in which case, possibly we've been too quick to, to pull the trigger on New York. But you know, in the end, um, you know, we were you know we're really relieved and, and so happy about all the customers that we've that we've met out here. They have, um, you know, they're, they're, they're the guys that have voted. They've, you know, told us that they want us to continue. And, yeah. and we feel like, you know, what we've done over the last six months or so has, has told us that we can. Uh, you know, I, w- I suppose I was, I was quietly confident that would be the case, but you never know. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I think we felt that it was important not to have, you know, too much of a fallow period in between closing the pop-up and having a permanent spot. So, you know, we really wanted to get, get onto it quite quickly. and. Um, no, we found something down on Crosby Street, and we're we're really excited. We it, it won't be be quite as quite as uh, quite as busy as Prince, but um, or at least the street won't be. Hopefully, the shop will be. Um, so a little quieter in terms of footfall, but maybe more of a destination, which possibly suits us better, and 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 a bit more space. So which which we felt we needed to really kind yeah. of get get the whole offer in there and to serve every customer as well as we possibly can. I mean, and you're still amongst pretty you know, good company. I mean, you're next to Rick Owens, uh, opening ceremony, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels, it feels like a nice spot. I, I I felt, um, yeah, I, I, well, well, I slept better when I, the night I ran it by you and you, 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 you told me it was one of your favorite spots. So I, you know, it's the best it's, I'm, you know, it has to be endorsed by a local who knows what they're talking about. So, (laughs) you know, that, uh, I'll, uh, Hopefully you're right. Yeah, I'm sure you are. (laughs) Maybe in a few years I get a phone call. Yeah, so uh, that recommendation. (laughs) Anyway, well, this has been a ton of fun. And I I wanted to thank you so much for for coming on and and chatting a bit. Um, Is there any other stuff you want to mention or or talk before? God, nothing that really comes to mind. But, you know, thanks. Thanks so much for having me, for having Drake's. It's, you know, it's always, you know, frankly, you know, a you know, privilege to be able to come and, you know, say, say something on behalf of all the guys, you know, back in the factory at home. It's, um, it's, it's really you know nice for me to be able to, you know, connect through to, to people who might be interested in Drake. So, you know, to have, to have that, that opportunity, you know, from you, Jeremy, who's you know, doing great, exciting things is, um, is something, you know, we really appreciate. So thank you very much. Thank you. This was good. Great. All right. We'll see ya. You've been listening to Blamo, a podcast with an exclamation point. I want to give a huge thanks again to Michael Hill for coming on. If you like what you heard, leave a review on iTunes. It goes a long way. Subscribe and listen to new and archive episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. Find me elsewhere on the web on Instagram and Facebook at Blamo Podcasts, or send me an email at jeremy at Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week.